story of a man named Tony who's in Blue Man and he eats a lot of flan. Then there's Steve drinking lots of coffee over in the sunny land. That's about all I got right now on five seconds of planning. Then there's Moody working for GHS, playing lots of solo bass. That was terrible. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I There's a reason why we're bass players. That's true. <laughs> and not lyricists or Jerome Kern and whoever. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. Hey, we're the Big Bottom. We're Big Bottom. The Big Bottom. And we have some sponsors that we want to talk about. First off, I'd like to talk about A-Designs Audio. A-Designs Audio. Boom, 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 boom. The KGB I have right here. Yum, 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 yum. Ready? And there's Steve with the ready. And look, there's Ventura. Yep. <laughs> We're losing it, folks. We're singing the whole thing. Know. You know, it's hot. It's tired. It's. I it's... know. Yeah. Um. So, adesignsaudio.com, Pete Montessi, some of the best outboard, can't speak, outboard recording gear out there. So go to A Designs Audio, uh, the ready staple in almost every studio. Momo was even like, I got to get one of those things. And he it's has true. Everything. And he has everything. So uh, A Designs Audio. Uh, and then the next one. Golden State Coffee Roasters. Dude, that was boom, 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 really boom, boom, fucking boom. good. I know. Boom. <laughs> Which, that is the, uh, the coffee that I just ground up um, yesterday. Nice. Yeah. And there's a code that you can use if you're purchasing from Golden State Coffee Roasters online or in the store. That would be Big Bottom 1-5, Big Bottom 15. And their web website is goldenstate.coffee. Yes. How much more gold can you get with that? Boom, boom. That's pretty rad. Um, yeah, downtown Placentia, they roast their own coffee. They got great food, great stuff. Order from them. I like the Winchester. It's pretty yummy. And we had a long... One of our longer podcasts tonight, guys. Yeah. yeah. Momo. I'm not sure it was so much on base. It was really, it was like just on life in general. Life in general. And I so enjoyed for every those second People of it. that are coming on that are from the, a lot from the bass player crew, uh, realize that we don't just get into bass, so to, so to speak. You know, Momo is a motivational speaker, so we get into mm -hmm. everything, really. Yeah. It's cool. And, and it's, again, like Poncho, there's some, there's some, Fuck shit, fucking fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's still more of I'd say more of a PG on there, but yeah, there is a there's a little strong language. It's PG, yeah, PG thirteen. PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Yeah. Oh, um, all right. I know. I was... And he's a flan fan. A big. He's gonna get us his uh, uh, a, a very old and special recipe too. Yeah. Gonna be. He cool. likes tight flan. He likes tight flan. Yeah, I agree with him. I, I Whereas Tony would rather bathe in the caramel sauce. Yeah. Well, and I don't mind tight flan too. So. Or mm -hmm. firm. How about firm as the word? Tight and firm flan. Firm flan. Pro it sounds flan. like you're shopping for a mattress, Steve. You know. I know. Well, let's, let's, you know. I mean, up. let's be honest. If there was some flan the size of mat of a mattress, you'd lay in it first. Hell yeah! Yes, that'd be fun, man. Um, and then, uh, Am I get in trouble? I mean, I, I know a little story about people using lingonberries at IKEA and doing bad things with it. So, yeah, no. Mm. We'll get into it here. No, 
Uh, and uh, you cats doing well? Any new equipment, new stuff, things? Not right now. Ooh, I have good okay. two bases in the works. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I think the, I think the uh, better mouse trap is getting close. I haven't heard anything yet, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised very shortly. Oh yeah. Look at that bad boy right there. Let's talk about that. So this is three quarter inch spacing, nineteen millimeter bridge. Happening. It's out. It's by the time this gets out, two weeks, couple of weeks from where we recorded. Um, yeah, this is kind of sneak peek. But now GNL has a bridge that is wide spacing for people. true sixty spec too, right? What's that? 60 spec that is 60 spacing yeah that's jb but we're uh, right. going to be doing the l 2500 a one pickup version and the jb and we'll yeah uh, and probably kill a ton mm -hmm. and eventually the m series which i really like so, mm -hmm. so anyways I'm a fan of the m series i love it it's a great base man so yeah but uh yeah and then we're just uh you know rolling along there we go Sweet. All right. Well, hey, Big Bottom, uh, episode 17. 17? 17. Oh. Check out Momo. Um, he's an interesting character. We like yep. him a lot. Momo's cool. Love the guy. Very much so. Fantastic. All right. So we're going to stop recording. Um, yeah. Big Bottom, enjoy the episode. Yes. It's rad. So, all right. We'll see everybody. Enjoy. Bye. Boom. <laughs> Well, you know about recording, right? You always got to record what's happening because it's like the studio. You yes. you should have recorded those riffs. It was the best shit, and you're never going to play that again unless you get to hear it. Yep. <laughs> Gone. Hey, Tony, do you want to introduce our, our wonderful, awesome guest today? We have the one and only, the voice of Forever Doom. It's killer. Momo. Momo's with us. How are you guys? Fly in some applause and audience and crazy shit. So it's going to be good. Thank you Brother, so much for, 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 for having me, guys. This is, this is awesome. Now, where are you? Where do you live, Momo? Are you on West Coast? No, no, I'm actually in Canada. I'm in Montreal. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, this is a killer city of music and jazz and uh, all kinds of uh, like fantastic things that happen here in Montreal when it comes to world musical um, influence, you know, and art. Mm -hmm. yeah. And food too, probably, right? Oh, killer food. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely monster. For those who love food, they will know that Montreal is that place. Yep. Well, you guys got, you're from Boston, right, Tony? I love Montreal. Yeah, I, I played up, used to play up there years ago. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, it's funny on a side note, I have a lot of Canadian friends who live up there that surf, that come down to the New Hampshire and Maine coastline in the summer, you always until this year, and they surf. So there's a lot of Canadian surfers that I'm aware of that live in the Montreal area, you know? Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah. that's good. But uh, right now we can't kind of see each other and this is the best way to do it. And I'm really happy about this because for those of us who have appreciated this kind of communication, I know I've been part of it from the very, very early beginning days. And at one point, I think it's better than having friends that are next door because I actually get more shit done with somebody that's in Japan than with a guy that lives right next door to me that's gonna make me wait for fucking weeks and I'll get shit. <laughs>
That there's a lot of truth to that. Why don't, why don't you break that down for us? Let's discuss that one for a while. Like, like, why does that happen? Why is it that you can get to work with people around the world that you don't even know about well, but are loyal to their trade or to their word, but your next door neighbor and the people in your own town, they, you can't get anything done with them. What's up with that? Probably depends on the person, you know, there's everybody has a different sense of urgency, you know, so could be that, it, you know, that's individual sense of urgency, man. I mean, what's important to one isn't to the other. And sometimes, yeah, the people that are the, in the closest proximity are kind of meh about things. And then, and then you surround yourself and like with you guys, like you guys, I already know that you guys are go getters. You guys finish shit. You guys say you're going to do it. <laughs> done. You say you're going to do it and you fucking do it instead of just like eh, vacillating between it. Like maybe I'll get to it, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know, man. I think it's, um, I don't know. It's different. Maybe, you know, I, I hear what you're saying though, for sure. I wonder if some of that, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I was, was going to say, I wonder if some of that is kind of that whole, uh, like a broader uh, thing of the don't work with your friends kind of thing where, because like if, if I had some people, like that I hired to do a studio thing in the area that I've worked with around this area, maybe they would be like, Oh, well, you know, well, you know, we could get that through cause it's John and stuff. Whereas if, you know, I send it out to, you know, one of our artists in Nashville or something like, Hey, I want this done. Okay. I'll get it to you by the end of the week. And then bang, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And also the busiest guys on earth, like guys who get paid like big money, have no fucking time to do shit. Mm. These are the guys who will actually, you call them up and they go, oh, sure thing, man. And then boom, it just happens like by dinner time when you got the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's also, I mean, your own, you know, your own track record, your own body of work that you have. And maybe the respect that you have from people, maybe, I don't know, you know what I mean? That all differs too. It's like how much somebody's like, oh man, he called me to do something? Dude, I'm on it. You know what I mean? I, and yeah, mm -hmm. the familiarity sometimes might be a thing where we all know people that we really know well that do great shit for others, but then you're so close to them that they're like, uh, I'll, Steve can wait. You're like, right. Oh, oh, that's true. That's really true, dude. I, I, I've known you for 25 years. We're bros, but you're giving all this other stuff more precedence than me. And I'm asking, so I don't know, maybe familiarity, you know, maybe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a few things. I don't know. And I mean, like, you know, some people are just shit at, uh, at doing, t being able to manage their time. Yeah, they can't handle more than, like, you're right, because there's a certain amount of information. Yeah. Like, if you're used to, like, managing shit, right, and doing your own stuff, and you got a bunch of things going on, and some employees and shit, then, you know, you're able to multitask for real, right? But mm. I guess some people, after they pass two or three things, it's kind of like a, kind of a bit of an overload, and they could kind of forget or slip back or get overwhelmed, right? So yep, mental uh, bandwidth. You know, mental bandwidth. How much are mental you mental bandwidth? Yeah, yeah. How much can you handle at the same time? And where is that on the scale of what I want to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Personally, like where is that? In uh, do I really want? Uh, I don't know. I want to do this more. Uh, you know. I mean, I know we're talking generalities, but maybe that's part of it too. Because my mental bandwidth sometimes is. I'm just, I ask these guys, sometimes it's like, I, I just can't, I can't handle it right now. I need, I need a break. 
Well, yeah. I got too much well, I think that's that's almost more important, Steve, because at that point you're not going to say, oh, I can get this done, and then you're dropping the ball. You're saying just flat out right up front, I can't do this, yeah. and you don't need to give a reason why. You're yeah. just being honest and saying, no, I can't commit to that. And, I mean, in the long run, that's way more important and will benefit you than saying, oh, I can do this, and then later on you, it, it drops the ball, people get frustrated when really – if you were honest with everybody, you would have never taken it in the first place. Yeah, there's reasoning, right? There's also the yeah. reasoning as to like, why would I do this? Like, you know, I always remember when years ago, when, when I was an agent or a manager, there were certain kind of bands that would say, oh no, if you don't pay me this exact amount of money, right, we can't go there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I used to think, oh man, you're, this is the hottest club on earth. You're going to open up for one of your dream bands and you don't want to go and do that and you guys basically suck and I got you into this opportunity you're not going to go check that shit out and I realized that there were some people that were more propelled by uh, the nerve of exactly how much they figured they were worth and they wouldn't move even when they weren't that professional at the point mm -hmm. and then there's the people who are really pro that obviously you have to if you want to keep a certain reputation, and I guess, you know, you have your tariff, you go for that stuff, and then you you can help out some friends and shit. And I would even, I, I like to help people out for free. Like, I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Just go out there and just, I see the potential. I'd say, oh, here, I'll just do it. Let's just, sure. I hope it inspires you to go further, you know? But that's always really intrigued me, the reasoning. And I think that reasoning these days really need to be for no other reason at all but you first, right? To gain that more of a skill set. Because I've always said that musicians, you know, their brains, they're arranged in a way that if they tweak them up right, they're the most intelligent people on earth. They're 3D, they feel velocity, uh, they can jam without talking to people, hence uh, making them a little bit telepathic. Uh, the different styles and genres of music employ different kinds of cooking method, shall I put it, right? There's different mm -hmm. spices, different tempos, different speeds. When you get all this shit, mm, you're kind of like a fucking scientist. And when you limit yourself to like one style of one thing and, and you don't understand that this skill set like expands to everything, like how to have your personal relationship with your wife or your friends or, you know, that's an arrangement. There's compression overload happening in that shit when people get all riled up about fucking tweak out your, you got too much bass, boy bring that shit down you're over compressed and i don't know i think it's a magic thing in musicians especially today in a business that is about to be completely reinvented completely we hit that post i mean you know some of you guys i don't know how old everybody is here but you know i, I maybe i'm like i'm pushing 60 now and i have seen oh there you go so we're, we're in our 50s all of us right yeah. at least so 44 Okay, but you might as well be fit. You got, you, got, you got that kind of experience. I, honestly, you look I let people guess on mine. Yeah. You guys look fantastic. But all I'm saying is I've seen shit change and disappear right. before. And it wasn't the end of anything. It was actually the next level of the thing, right? Yes. Hence the amount of people we have on Earth. This is yeah. what's happening. More demand, more people. Where do they go? What do they work for? What do they believe in? We have an overflood of gear, an overflood of, you know, consumption, addiction to shit that they're never going to take into their grave with them. 
You know what I mean? What the, the whole musical arrangement here? This is the thing: musical arrangement, tempo, and and sacrifice. Like, I, I, like when you learn how to make a commercial, a great fifteen-second commercial. I always tell people, guys, you can't put every riff in there. I don't care how great you think the song is. A great commercial is a series of sacrifices that bring the mini shit and it's fucking over. You need to loop that all fucking day long and feel like it's a new song every time, even if it's two bars, you know? <laughs> uh, How are you doing with all this, man? Are you okay at home with all, with all this bullshit that's going on right now? Well, you know, strangely enough, in a sense, it, I've been prepared for this mentally uh, because I have been predicting this kind of stuff was going to happen, not with the, not with a germ. For me, everybody who knows me will tell you that for the last two years, I've been saying 2020 is the end of everything we know it, okay? I'm not a political guy. Uh, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I have a vibe because what happens is when you don't get affected by the outside world, and if you're not fucking crazy and you're surrounded by love and information, then you're able to make your own shit happen, right? So, uh, you know, I've been with my wife for 36 years, 24 hours a day, she's my best friend. And we achieve together immense amount of stuff. We're information junkies, but we're also everything from singers, writers, commercial makers. We're full-time creative artists that started as musicians and winded up expanding, you know, getting endorsed by Canon. She was like one of the first top female photographers ever when people would say, what, you're a girl, you can actually take pictures, you know? Uh, when we were touring, I was just telling somebody today, uh, the industry thought she was 19 or 20 years old. She was actually 40 at the time and we never told anybody. So we have the experience and the preparation of being locked inside for starters. Mm -hmm. I love being locked inside, but I need to create at all levels, not just the music, not just the song it has to be the photo, the editorial. We we've gone. I feel like I have 50 fucking lives, man. I tried everything to be in the industry uh, from just for the love of trying to make it in music, you know, only to find out that in the end, I'm, you can't just be a musician, you know, and, and, and especially today, but yeah, I think this, Guys, now I'm going to shut up so you guys can fucking talk. But um, I think this is actually an amazing thing. It's going to be fucked up for a lot of people. But this was bound to happen. And now what's the problem is going to be this. All people who are used to being outside in groups of people, or if you're in a band and you're touring, the promoters, the managers, all you guys got to do is we, we rehearse, right? We learn our shit. How much are we getting paid? What's the schedule? You go and you do that shit. Now that shit's all fucking gone for the next two, three years, 100%, never coming back. Mm -hmm. So now what do we got to do? Well, it's obvious. You see all this stuff with Zoom and stuff. People are going to turn for real now their homes, their garages, and buildings into diffusion studios that permit you to live stream concerts. So Metallica is going to hop into their giant ass studio with the rehearsal. And if they're smart, they're going to do what they've grown in. And Dave mm -hmm. Grohl, he's got his studio all fucking hooked up with cameras and recording and shit. They could do sit in documentaries. They could have a party. They can diffuse life. Poof! That's it. There's nothing else but that. And guess what? Everybody will make 
50 times more cash than they've ever made. <laughs> because you're no longer going to play to five, 10,000 people. Every time you play that set, you could be playing to a million people at a shot. Oh, yeah. We're dealing with the world now. So when you think about that, that's the amazing thing. But a lot of these people are going to be starting from zero. You need aesthetics. Am I going to see your fucking underwear hanging up behind you as you're playing? Are you always like boo-hooing like some emo person who's crying about their problems and you're only writing songs about the fucking COVID? You know what I mean? Uh, like there's a lot of things that have got to be done. And if someone starts from scratch today, period, it's taking you two years to be able to flow. You know, how to record, how to crossfade, how to film yourself, how to edit, how, how to tweak the shit so it sounds like a fucking record. You know what I mean? Uh, all that stuff, you know it. It takes two years and now you can kind of flow. But then what happened? What moved ahead of you <laughs> when that was going on, right? And what are the skill sets, you know? People wait until there's a major problem and then they say, oh fuck, what am I gonna do now? Yeah. I'm not that guy. I'm, I've always been five years ahead of learning that shit, man. Yeah. Like, uh, it's a natural thing for me. Uh, and I'm going into that. I wanna motivate people. I might stop playing music uh, at one point in the next couple of years, just so that I can motivate people on how to work at home and have the best life with their couple, with their their goals and I think my destiny is really that from all my musical journeys that I have taken and, and I've, I've wrestled with it I've fought with it I feel like it, it, it's, it's fucked up but you have sometimes you just have to admit and you have to pick because there's only one thing at the end you know what it is right it's fucking death and, and as Lemmy said killed by death and uh, I love that song. Um, but uh, <laughs> you have faith, Momo, in the live stream aspect. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Okay. And in the individual musician, I have faith that you, my friend, and both of you guys, my friends, could can make huge, huge. Do you really think that after a couple of years of everybody being inside that everybody's going to want to go back to work in an office and do it the old way? That's the other thing. <laughs> Guess what? When people get used to some shit, motherfuckers, most of them are not going back to that crap. I know. I have been working out of my home. I was one of the first guys to do it when it wasn't cool. Okay? <laughs> We're talking fucking years now. But I always built an office in my home. I always had a, se or a separate building next to my home so that I didn't get, have to get stuck in traffic. I've been working at home for over 30 years. Uh, so this is the key. And I got to tell you, you know, uh, my wife and I, like what, we had to, we shrunk down our customer base because we were doing too much work. And we had to do that so that we can focus. And this is what everybody else has got to do. You got to pick your battles. You know why? Because you're no longer just dealing with your town. It's the whole world. Mm -hmm. 1,000 people in the whole world, and you guys are fucking all multimillionaires. <laughs> Period. That's the fucking numbers. This is how it works. 1,000%. But then again, organized energy, being professional, following deadlines that weren't given to you by a manager or a, a record company, or, or a loan payment or anything, this is hard. 
Even for me, I have all the time. I can do what the fuck I want. Right? I can't even finish my own fucking shit. What the fuck's wrong with me? You know, so I'm trying to change that this year by trying to be even more hardcore when it comes to scheduling yourself. You, you got to do it at all costs, eh? Uh, and you got to almost be fucking militant, yeah. you know, and, and not feel bad about it. I think at the bottom root of it, it has to be a passion and it can't be a flighty thing because especially during this, yeah. I've seen a lot of people like the literally like, Oh shit. Editing video is hard. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. It's a pain in the ass. No one likes mm -hmm. to do it, but it's a passion thing where it's like, yeah, I like to do it, but it's people are, they need to have that passion so that they can actually go over that learning curve. Cause that's a sucky learning curve. Oh, like, it's a, it's a mess. And I've talked to like video, like I, I love doing it, but I hate it because it is a process and it takes time and a lot. And if you don't have that fire, you're going to just give up and you're going to fade away and you're just not going to do it. So there well, you got to care. You have to care enough. Well, I think that's that passion where you're just like, fuck, okay. I, I want to learn. I want to do this, even though it's going to suck for a while. I will get better, <laughs> you know, and um, I don't know. I think it's just a pa it has to be innate, an innate passion to keep driving. You know what I mean? That that's what helps, and that's what makes you not give up when shit gets hard and stuff's getting. No, but what are true goals? You know, like like true goals. You know, like I was looking. My wife pulled out some of our old lists of what we used to say we're gonna do in a day. Oh, wow. I'm fucking telling you, I'm gonna frame that shit. You're not gonna understand. I tell you. Never less than 70 goals a day. 70. You got to understand, like her and I, we're, we're used to doing, we got trained to basically go for never less than 48 hours at a time on getting anything done. And I got my ass fucking beat. I don't know if you ever saw this little thing I put out, but it's how Kim Fowley almost killed me by making me write 70 songs in one evening with my wife, right? So I don't know if any of you guys know who Kim Fowley is. Uh, Kim Fowley's the one who basically formed the Runaways. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. okay, he's a cross between Vampire and Max Headroom. The guy's a fucking super eccentric, fucking crazy motherfucker who was with Ezrin. He wrote some of the biggest Kiss songs, Doobie Brothers songs, like fucking everything. The guy's a whoop, like whoop-de-whoop. <laughs> but I got the opportunity to virtually be locked in a studio with this guy for two days and the shit that came out of this guy's mouth and I'm not going to get into it because it's quite a long story, but I will individually send you the thing, the document, because you guys will fucking lose it and you will learn something absolutely amazing. Yeah. But the bottom line is he locked me in a room in a $5 million studio that I had all his gear and shit mm -hmm. and gave me a DX7, a fucking RX5 drum machine and a fucking cassette recorder. You understand? And told me, that if I didn't write 70 songs with my wife, right, by the time the sun came up and it was already 7 p.m. when he was telling me this shit, that I need to get the fuck out of here right now. You understand? So then tell yourself that after she finished crying on the floor and I told her, no, honey, we're going to do this. And we got up and we did it. And then this crazy motherfucker comes in and listens to like two sets of cassettes on both sides and then virtually looks at me and says, play me back song number 1, 8, 29, 32, 64, like this. He's fucking telling me this shit. 
I said, you gotta be kidding me, man. You know what I mean? And then he summed back <clears throat> every single riff. Wow. You understand? Yes, yes. So Dude, 70 fucking tunes. Her and I were fucking rockets. You gotta understand. It's like, but we've been training for this for years. Her and I, if I had to be over to these contests where, where mm -hmm. I fuck people up, they might fucking say I'm stopping everything, but I'm not there anymore. You understand? So uh, if I if I was in a race, I can probably build, write an album, do two websites, a couple of commercials, two or three photo shoots, and probably two or three other things in 24 hours every day. And you wouldn't even feel how, because I set myself up that way. I'm a plug and play guy. I don't fucking got to fucking plug nothing. I, just, I either plug in one quarter inch or I walk up to a station where I push one button and all the fucking lights come on and shit just happens. But that takes years of experience. And I told you, imagine being with your creative soulmate for 36 years 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not fighting and getting along. And if there was a fight, it lasted 10 minutes and it's always my fault. So, imagine. <laughs> I love how you said that. It's the truth though. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. You got to say the truth. My fault. Yeah. So, so this puts shit in perspective. Hence why I said about the Kim Fowley stuff. So it's not about quantity now, but you know, You know, when you push yourself to that level, then you have to say you can come back to a comfortable level. Mm -hmm. You know, I did something one time last year where I wanted to freak somebody out and I said, I'm going to make a year's worth of content in one evening. And a year's worth of content, it's one thing a week. Okay, one really cool thing a week with a beginning, middle and end, an intro and an extra, color correction, sound correction, beam bash bash, it's fucking done, right? You need 56 videos to do that. So I decided I was going to see if I could do that in an evening with my wife. Well, it took me 32 hours and I had to pull out 56 pairs of glasses and I do have them. And I do have a huge closet with everything in perfect fucking order for me. To we did talk about that. You're like a clothes freak, right? <laughs> I'm a fucking clothes super pig. But, but, and now I do much less, but if you see my fucking closet, I flip my fucking, my, my, my light on and I got a mirror ball that comes on and all my shit's fucking lights up and shit. It's fucked up. I got to have fun somehow if I don't go out, dude. That's true. Right? Do you miss the stage then? Do you miss getting the yayas out? Like for me, I would do it via on the stage. So you must miss it then or you just replace it with this. This is replaced, guys, listen to me. When you for, when something isn't anymore, right? You don't necessarily miss the other thing. You know how fucking great it is to have your own stage in your own house to be able to do your own shit. You just gotta be pro about it and consistent, right? And after you're pro and consistent, then you gotta think business, right? Because let's face it, you know, there's, Addicted to content. The internet is a giant monster that wants to be fed fucking content. You understand? Mm -hmm. So here we go. You learn how to do this shit. You say, okay, now we're going to feed this shit, right? And then you go more, you go more, and you keep doing it. Before you know it, all you're doing is fucking making videos and you forgot about your goal. You understand? So what needs to happen in your case, if I was to analyze how I would work this as a group of three, that everybody's got to specialize in something, that's got to do with making the whole thing go well. 
uh, especially when it comes to expansion. So, okay, you're working with some sponsors now, I see, and stuff. Okay, but then you got to think, okay, where am I going to go? How big do I want this thing to be, right? And, and every week, you virtually have to have some kind of mini-meeting to see where optimization is feasible for growth. Well, it's kind of funny, Momo, you saying that because we kind of do have our little roles. Yeah. And there's some crossover, obviously. And really, this just started from a group of text messages. We were text messaging each other. This is way before COVID. For a couple of years. A couple of years. Yeah. And we were text messaging stuff like material and talk in the industry and everything. I'm like, this is literally base magazine, base player magazine, like a, a portion of it, just a general conversation with us. I'm like, if they have thousands of people who want to read this, I go, thousands of people are going to want to read these texts because <laughs> it was inside stuff and material and things about artists and things in the industry about you, you name it, everything that you would find mm -hmm. in, a, in a periodical was going on on a personal level between the three of us Gosh. when COVID hit. <laughs> but when COVID hit. Yeah. COVID and hit. we said, all right, let's bring it to the, to everybody. And yeah. I had the infrastructure already from the base hang. Cause I have, I have all the, you know, the mm -hmm. websites, I got all that. I, I also have, I've had a podcast forever where I could just go, Oh, fuck it. Let's just, let's put this on there. So it was kind of, it just, yeah. And then every, all of us have kind of like, okay, you do this, you do this. It's like, eh, it's falling into place kind of. So I don't know. We're just, we're just doing it, man. Having That's how the best things happen. You know, yeah. like, like mm -hmm. the best things happen when you don't try and make it happen actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, like you, if you didn't meet your wife on a dating site, then you guys met her naturally. Yeah. And, 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 and that's why you're still together. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely hear you, man. Dude, I've been seeing a lot of different gear with you lately, man. Talk what about some of the, what's, what are you playing? I know you're working with dark glass. I'm looking at all the bases back there. I'm, I'm working. Okay, you want to talk gear? Let's go gear pig, dude. Yeah. I'm gonna fleek the fucking shit out of you guys. Sure, well, nah, you can't, you can't do it. I don't know. I'm almost got some of the crazy stuff. Like I've it. got crazy stuff. This is it. Let, let, you see, because I'm gonna tell you, I quit playing bass like about four years ago, like permanently. And if it wasn't for the fact of my very dear friend Matt at Music Vox, who who I didn't know at the time, and I found out later that him and I, we got a picture of ourselves together 20 years before, like a 1990 fucking seven NAM show, right? I'm still love kind of the same. Uh, so I bought a 12 string bass. Uh, this one actually, um, this was my my very first one. The classic thing, you've seen this, Alan Woody from- uh, Oh yeah. yeah. Alan Woody used to play one of these and he was also a music box artist. Government Mule, right? Go government Mule, exactly. And when I started playing this thing, I started saying, oh, fuck. I finally don't got to compete with all you motherfuckers that fucking love to play all day, like you guys, right? All you, like, schooled. Uh, I went to fucking Berkeley. Give me a fucking ulcer in my stomach to try and think that I need to play like you. And Because, see, yeah, I'm more of a... I'm kind of an architect in my approach. Yeah. Uh, I'm like a songwriter that has that loves sound, painting, and mixing all the shit. And I've chosen the bass as my instrument of of choice and weapon. Understand? Cool. Yeah. Uh, so this really 
changed my life. And somehow, you know, when you think of this, you think of, okay, you think of Cheap Trick, right? And then you think yeah. of uh, King's Axe. Yeah, Pinnock. Yeah. Okay. Very few people on earth, right? But look at the style these guys were playing. I'm sorry. It's not that fucking, you know, I love them because they started it, but it's not, I wouldn't want to play like that full time. You know what I mean? With all due respect. So this gave me a chance to pop harmonies. I like sequencing shit with my hands and I love effects. So I've got a shitload of fucking effects. I have a, I raise all mine. You're going to see it soon because it's coming out. They're all keyboard stands and they surround me. I've got about 98 of them. Uh, pedals on six boards with all matching barefoot uh, colored buttons on them. So mm -hmm. I can punch them with my hand to turn them on and off. And I got all my individual boards hooked up to loopers on the floor that enable me to turn each board on and off yep. as a whole. Each board is actually built kind of like a studio approach. So if I have a synth board, I'll have like a bunch of synth pedals on it, but I will also have a compressor and an EQ uh, on each fucking board so that I can treat it as if it was its own unit, right? So, cause you know, you can take a synth pedal, fucking great. But when I have five other things on it that are like I was running it through a board in a studio and I can compress it, tweak it and do the right shit to that thing on that one board, it, the sound's gonna be a hell of a fucking lot better. You know, more dynamics, more fucking width, uh, and shit like that. So, did I get a tuna compressor and some sort of DI on all my boards? All there you boards. go. You have to. It's like, it doesn't matter. Oh, I, I like agree. the pedal works. This is the compressor I use, which is nothing fancy, just the MXR. I'm like, give me four of these. <laughs> you know? Then, uh, then what happened is I finally got my, my signature Momo bass, right? So this is called, that's what it's called, ooh, right? And this is fucking crazy. This is like, I tell you, people think you can put a motherfucking octave on your bass, and that sounds great. I, I'm not, but it's a style. It's its own thing. We all know what a great octave that can track sounds yeah. like on your bass. This has got fucking nothing to do with it. And I put octavers on top of it as well, right? Ooh. So now we're fucking talking some stupid shit. Nice. Nice. Uh, so, you know, they come with locking tuners. Uh, cool. Yeah, that white one? Yeah. I like to see how long I can play it and record with before I have to tune it. Sometimes it's like three months. Yeah, what's it tuned to? What's the 12 string tuned to? Uh, I generally tune it to standard tuning. So, e, mm -hmm. e, but each one is different octaves, the three. Yeah, each one is, is, a, is a different octave. Otherwise, you know, I, I don't know. It sounds too fucking medieval for me. I, I'd rather do like, <laughs> like a complete, like a different style tuning, right? More like a dobro kind of tuning or something where I can strum open chords and play it more like a, a mandolin, which is actually a surprise is coming out. So I'm getting a new signature base of something that has never been done before with multi-strings. And when it comes out, I'll call you guys and we'll do a five minute emergency release, show you what it is. That's cool. Sweet. I love it. And that's so, with, with Univox, the same company? The, yeah, this is all the same company. And uh, I also, um, you know, these guys make some fucking great. Look, this is going to turn your fucking crank. Check this shit out. This is an eight string fretless. Oh, nice. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> I've never, I've never even fucking played it on a fucking video or track yet. It's gonna happen in the next week. Awesome. You don't see many maple fretlesses. No, you don't. As a matter of fact. Yeah, just. The I wanted to try it because I like the sound of maple. I'm telling yeah. you, I, I, I just do. I like the snap uh, of the shit. That's you cool. know, so you know, playing playing multiple string instruments is really my thing. But I collect basses. I have all kinds of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I got. Get it. I got stupid shit. Like one of my favorites is here. This thing sounds fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. Those are great. It also fucking weighs like 150 fucking pounds. Oh, you, you can kill somebody with that thing. Dude, I don't know if you can tell me what the fuck's happening here, but why the fuck does this passive bass sound more powerful than any fucking active bass I have? Like, it's fucking scary. My, my wife says, I don't know the sound. It sounds like a fucking keyboard. What the yeah, fuck's yeah it's, it's, it's sweet. I had a chance... I, I almost picked one up, but I was at a spot where I was like, I didn't have the funds for it. And I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit because it was gone the next time I was able to do it. Oh, fuck that shit, dude. You know what I did? I traded three bases for that one. Wow, nice. nice. Wow. This is a really nice 12-string too. Mm -hmm. and, I, and this one, look at what I did to the neck here. It's, it's gold. <laughs> nice. So it's all gold and matte black. Wow. And again... You know, you're talking about, it, it, it's just like, it's like the bells of pleasure dome. You understand? Cool. Noma, what scale length is that? Um, this is going to be, it's like a 35 or 30. And you, they're so, it's so easy to play. It's like you're playing a fucking banjo, dude. That's so crazy. You can really do the hammer-ons. Really, it flows like like fucking butter. Nice. But That's back to your question is, this is why uh, I I started playing this. It saved my bass career. I, I wouldn't be playing bass at all. Wow. And then I woke up one morning and my quitting video, which was with that white bass, and, it and 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 then on my Facebook page it went up to like a hundred. And first I opened up my eyes the next morning it was at forty thousand views, and then it went up to one hundred fifty on my personal page <laughs> which is very hard to happen yeah. and then I saw okay people like this shit and then one thing led to another and then you know they stuck me on I was on the cover of Bass Magazine and, and did a great interview and so were you Mr. Pulio and rightfully so what uh, <laughs> I say too yeah. where are you going to be on it like like I don't know. I should probably talk to Val and uh, Raul and be like, "Hey." Well, you know what? I, 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 I have a plan about what's happening soon, and I'm going to be calling all you guys for something because I will interview you guys to be on there. All right. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like as a matter of fact, in the next month or so, I'm going to release my true plan for what's happening for the brand new, the first cover of the year. Ooh! Wow! Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you guys are gonna fucking you guys are gonna pop one right there. <laughs> I like popping. <laughs> yeah. So okay, now what about you, man? How's what how's it going with you and, and all the the, the the bass? You were playing the last time I, I talked to you, you were doing some blue man group stuff and shit, right? Yeah, I mean that's not happening right now, you know. You know, so it's it's kind of a reinventing of everything right now. 
a lot of people I've talked to, like they're using this as a big reset button, you know? So I'm, you know, I'm putting out a record at the end of the year. I'm in no rush. I want to do it after the election specifically. A solo record, like a, a bass record? No, well, it's it's with the guys I'm playing with, Dig by Terry, you know, the guys, the, my, my little fusion thing. I mean, it's definitely not a solo record. It's a, it's a combined effort, but it's kind of like the aristocrats in a way, like there's a lot of me on it, you know? So, but I specifically, I don't want to rush it. Like I'm in no rush to do it. You know, I'm kind of waiting. I want to like wait to the end of the year, wait till like right before, well, NAM's not happening, but, or virtual NAM's happening, right? But like- NAM's not oh, happening, let's just yeah. be honest. <laughs> this, this is called the way what it is. And then like, you know, come January, probably early January, I'm gonna do that. So, and then, you know, I'm looking at, there are some live performances still going on out here at a minor level. So I'm investigating those aspects of it. But man, I'm I'm writing, collaborating right now. You know, really, that's that's my big thing, and using it and doing things that I don't normally always get the chance to do, like spending more time with my daughters and shit like that. So, you know, doing. Trust me, that's the way to go, man. It's like you know. And what about you, Mister Mister Moody over there? What, what what's? Uh... Oh, let's see. I mean, most of my stuff anyway was. Um, I was already before this, I was kind of trying to take a shift anyway, because previous to this, I was pretty heavy in the musical theater circles, mm -hmm. you know, so, no, you know, none of my gigs were ever on a stage, they were always under it, but I was kind of getting burned out from that, and just trying to do my, you know, work more on my solo stuff anyway, just because I like it more, and it's, I have a lot more fun with it. So I was trying to, I was slowly pulling back anyway. And so, I mean, some of this, you know, kind of forced my hand on that. So, I mean, I actually, what, I put out two EPs already this year. Mm -hmm. I did one in, in February, then one in May, which I collabed with my girlfriend, who actually has been very into like um, South Indian uh, movies that kind of, you know, and she does, uh, she does a lot of like music scoring and soundscapes and stuff that way. So she and I kind of did uh, the last EP was more of a Indian styled solo bass album. I heard it. I was, I was listening to it. To, it starts with a D, the several or the drought. The drought. Yeah, excuse me. And yeah. it's funny that you say that because I said, oh man, listen to this Indian style kind of thing. And I can tell I, we sound the same. I'm, I'm right into that shit on a 12 string. Mm -hmm. And I think I do that shit all the time. And it sounds like a, like a sitar kind of approach. Yeah, you know I mean? sure. So yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, I really enjoyed what I heard, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I mean, I'm finishing up uh, working on a third one right now. So and then it's, it's funny, because I finally got, you know how when you're, you're into, into that creative mentality thing, and you're, you're doing stuff, and you're already happy with how things are going. Anyway, you hit that one thing that you're like, holy shit that's that's the next level you know you've you've pet you've reached the next plateau yeah. of your of your journey and i did that with i did an, a real easy arrangement of uh billy joel's as so it goes mm -hmm. you know and i mean it's in terms of performance and the arrangement i mean there's nothing to it i mean it's a real simple song because i mean it's a real simple thing but it's just 
how it was done and the like how I did the recording, how I added, how I used the effects on some of my stuff. It's one of those things where finally I felt like, okay, I'm not just playing out, playing with the effect. I'm actually using this as a tool. Kind of like when you're, um, you know, an artist is, you know, gets a new paintbrush and you do some stuff before you're like, okay, yeah, this is the, you know, I'm using a paintbrush and thing, but it's not until like a little bit into it where you're finally like, oh, I know how to use this paintbrush kind of thing. So uh, I finally hit, I think I hit that on a new thing. So I've been looking to, re I've been revisiting some of this other stuff that's going to go on that. And I mean, thankfully I haven't, um, haven't recorded any of that stuff. Otherwise I'd probably redo it. Oh, <laughs> but. no, you just got to put this shit out, dude. It's over. These right. guys are fucking redoing shit over and over again. I'm telling you, man, I do my shit in one or two takes as I'm writing it and it's fucking over. Mm. I, otherwise I'll do something else. I just, I'm not doing that shit anymore, man. I come from the days where I've watched people spend fucking two days on a kick in a fucking eye hat sound, right? Yeah. And, and then it's like, you know, it was like already that started destabilizing me. It was like, whoa, 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 I don't understand this shit. We're not moving fast enough. And, and magic is magic. Mm -hmm. and you need to capture magic, hence why I am record motherfucking ready anywhere in my house, by the way. The whole fucking house is record ready. Nice. Because you never know. You have to think like Instagram ready house. Yep. Like, so because you're stuck at home, every angle, so if you're eating in your fucking kitchen and you're having your coffee, you know, this is your morning potential. You can say something, you can snap a picture for Instagram or something. So everything in that position, what looks behind you needs to be fucking perfect and needs to be repetitive. Then yep. when you're doing in the afternoon, you got your studio shot, you got, you know, two or three different, I like to call it Instagram ready. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. when you think like that, divided by your a true goal, divided by survival, okay? Because here's the thing. So because everybody needs to survive now. So what is your survival gig? <clears throat> Can you make that survival gig make more money with less work? Right, so now we need to figure this out. Are you doing a bunch of things that are smaller amounts of money that once combined makes a full amount of money? Or are you working a little longer for something that is more money so that you that you control more so that you have more time to work on your other shit? I find that when people are working on a lot of little things to make that, that month end, for instance, mm -hmm. you're, always run, you're always fucking chasing your tail, man. That, this is me personally. Mm -hmm. uh, so the way to shift that, and it could take some people a few years, is to develop your skill set so that you become, you know, more specialized in the way where you're doing something slightly different than other people. But most important is being dependable and being there. Uh, the, mm -hmm. My clients, they know they could call me 24 hours a day on a Sunday, seven days a week. They could say, it's Sunday, Momo. I need this by Monday, and this should take two weeks to do. Yeah. If I will make it happen by that Monday, if they really need it. But that means I won't sleep. Right? And people are, they're not willing to do that. Right? So if, if you get the kind of people that accept you as that kind of person, then you will have more time to do your own thing. But you're going to have to be organized because then you can say, okay, I made enough money this week, but I'm just going to go rest now.
I'm going to go chill out. I'm going to do things. I've earned it, right? But then if you, once you keep doing this wheel, you open up your eyes one day and you're 80 years old. And then what? Mm -hmm. Do we have retirement? Do we have a plan? People don't think about life like, you know, yeah. like that it ends. You know, I tell people now, look, pretend you're fucking dead and now work your way back. <laughs> and don't be paranoid about death. Don't be paranoid about when you're going to go. Because the magic thing about artists, guys, is this thing I keep telling you we have. The, the power of dreaming like a mature child in an adult body. <laughs> we have the possibilities of calling people up and fucking making shit happen now. When you're a kid, you can't make that happen. Yeah. Your passion could now turn into reality because it's like putting pieces together to make things happen. Everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Whether it's a 50-second commercial, a three-and-a-half-minute song, or a hour-and-a-half play, right? Mm -hmm. So what is it? To me, it's like fucking romper room mixing the fucking blocks around. Like, here, <laughs> one, two, three, which way do we go, right? And once you get that formula and you keep it organic, then it doesn't become repetitive. I read something the other day that, that is very impressive that basically says that there's two kinds of thinking, which is uh, of intelligent, not, not even intelligent, imagination, which is um, synthetic imagination and uh, creative imagination. And synthetic imagination is based on following a map that has already worked. So let's say you or Steve and I decide, oh, fuck. We want to copy GHS strings. Those things fucking suck. We can make them better, right? And then mm. we, we, because we know it worked for you, so why shouldn't it work for us? Let's follow that model, right? People do that as writers, as books, when they put together a show, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the creative guy, he doesn't even need education. What happens is he breaks out of a box and he takes these components and he th pulls them out of that box and then things are just fucking different. And the, the use of synthetic is really basic. It has nothing to do with that. So when this guy was telling me this, I said, holy fuck, I am the most unsynthetic person. I'm, I'm by the, you fly by the seat of my pants in a very organized way. You know what I mean? And I think that you guys and us musicians, the people who take, like you guys don't take yourselves seriously enough without looking like you're taking yourself over serious. You've got the proof of content. You've got the proof of your careers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, the time has just come to fucking reinvent it. Pretend that you're a fucking kid going into high school, but in a, with the mind of an adult that has his whole life ahead of him. And who are you gonna hang out with now? You fucking call people up. But you don't necessarily just call up your regular musician friends anymore. Nothing personal. You got to think out the box. You got to. And that's okay because that's part of fucking creation now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's a different song. It's a different instrument. It's your mind. You know what I mean? And what an amazing potential. It's like if I told you guys, okay, we need to write an album where we're going to mix Indian, Chinese, opera, and samba, right? These are the elements. Let's put this in the pot and see what happens. So same thing. You got to find that magic. And that's the fun. I always suggest to guys, when people want advice, I'm like, always play with different musicians. 
as many as you I mean, different styles. Mm -hmm. Hardest gigs I ever did was an Indian, speaking about the Indian thing, was an Indian classical session and not having that background. I was like, I'm learning those rules. And yeah. I was like, holy fuck, I was hanging on by the seat of my pants. <laughs> I loved it though. I'd do it again tomorrow if I could. I'm like studying the rhythmic pulses in the green room. <laughs> I love that shit, man. I, 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 did an, I did an interview with Billy Sheehan like last month and uh, he loves Indian music too. He revealed it in his interview where how much he actually loves Indian music. And he actually collects weird instruments where he plays that kind of shit. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I did not know that. that yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty fucking, it's amazing. And who doesn't love that kind of music? Yeah. John, you know what happened when you play that shit. There's something that happens mm -hmm. to you where you feel like, oh my God, I'm just floating around. I got like a, a, a bass uh, kind of a mandolin, right? Mm-hmm that came with my house years ago. They were just in there when I moved in. It brings me such enjoyment. And I, I leave it in the, in the back there. And every time we shoot like, you know, pictures for musicians or they come over to work, one, somebody always winds up picking it up and they always say, oh man, you gotta sell me this thing. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 you're not getting this thing. Yeah. It's just a joy, you know? Absolutely. What about you, Steve? What, 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 how's your, what, what are you, what's going on with you, brother? Talk to me. Man, trying to learn, get better at life. <laughs> no, actually, really trying to just uh, get more in the production end of things. And my work with GNL is really, um, I'm able to, to do a lot of that, whether it's R&D with instruments or just learning how to oh. film better. Steve? Hey, can you hear me? Hello? Oh, there we go. Yeah, went mute, went mute for a second, bro. Oh, I, went mute. I didn't do anything. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Steve I broke it. I broke it. I did something. So, no, whether it's, uh, yeah, uh, just learning more production skills. That's kind of where I, I think I want to go. I want to oversee things and, and manage and produce. And GNL is kind of giving me a vehicle for that. I'm able to oh, that's good. That's very mm -hmm. good. That's a good company, dude. Yeah, I've been with them for a long time, and I'm I'm doing a lot with them, and we're, uh, yeah, I mean it's Leo Fender, more Leo Fender than anybody can be, and we're we're we've got some shit coming out, man. We're mm -hmm. so I'm really trying to, um, you know, do some project managing, media production, kind of manage that, and and just get better at it. That's it. That's for me as always. I just want to get better at this shit. That's it. We're loving this. Yeah. We we do like yeah. this has been an outlet for all of us yeah. going on. It really has been. Yeah. So who doesn't want to get fucking pumped up with education among each other? To mm -hmm. I got to tell you, that's the other thing. Okay, there's one thing when you say if you go back to the old days of education, at least musically. Okay, so we had the word master class that everybody's using today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you go back to when it was on a, the word was on a video cassette, right? So that's when it really started. Oh, here's the video cassette of the master class with Alfonso Johnson. Yeah. Boom, right? Like, so you, you got all those guys and stuff. And now the master class is a different thing. And everybody wants to do all the master class. But I'm telling you, I have figured out that in order for any musician to get to the part that they want to go to, most of the new things they're going to have to learn 
has got fuck all to do with music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're going to forget that, right? Uh, because minutes turn into hours, turn into days, which turn into weeks, which fly by. And let us remember, there's only 52 weeks in a year. Uh, you, that's like having 52 cents in your pocket or $52 or 512. Like, it's nothing. You know what I mean? It goes by boom. So what do we do? You know what I mean? I say it's all those other things. It's funny because, again, when I talk to people, if you look at the great ones, the really great ones, and musicians is one thing, but the musician, say, who's able to cross over the massive production thing, you, know, you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's people who are giant producers who are not even that musical, but they're just really good at managing people, situations, and putting the right people together and, and having the final word when they, they know when shit is good. You know what I mean? There's those kind of people too. So a lot of people are going to get intimidated by their own talent or lack of talent that they may perceive. But really, I always tell everybody, guys, you can only go X amount of time. If you jump, you're coming down. You can go left, you can go right, you can move forward, or you can go backward. Doesn't that work like that when you plug shit into your board? You plug it in input, it's gotta come out somewhere. Where is it going? It's going to your computer, into an app, into a shit. Everybody thinks it's so complicated. When you look at a huge SSL board, everybody says, oh my fucking God, how are you gonna work this thing? It looks like a spaceship. You gotta tell them, man, it's one strip that's just multiplied down the line. It's a big ass illusion, you know? <laughs> so we gotta remember that the passion is going to pay off in the long run as the best set of scales and notes yeah. more than studying fucking a ton of notes for real. You got to study. You got to keep your chops in shape. It's the other accelerants, that, that, the fuel. That's the fuel, man. Well, that's what Nobody can do one job anymore. Nobody can be like, I'm a bass player. No. Yeah. You know. No, but you should actually be happy for that because you're going to live longer because of this. Your mind is going to expand in multiple places. Fuck that. <clears throat> like, I am the happiest person on earth to have followed my own path. I'm going to just say that. I finished school in grade seven, you understand? And I made my parents think until grade 11 that I was still going to school. And I wasn't. You understand? Yeah. And I thought I was going to be a fucking dummy. Because you need, in those days, if you're not a doctor or a lawyer, we know what they so You're going to be a bum. You're going to work in a gas station. They, they, put, they say anything. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with working in a gas station. But uh, when you see that you can overcome that by self-learning and self-intelligence, then you have something called infinite intelligence. The shit just fucking makes itself up on its own. Man. It just happens. When you're sensible, when you're honest, when you're not a jealous person, all you gotta do is have one of these elements. If you're a jealous person, you're fucked. All your decisions are going to be made on jealousy, whether you know it or not. If you're too good of a person and too kind, what's gonna happen, you might step back too much because you wanna let everybody go by first because you're that much of a gentleman. But is it that or do you have a confidence issue? <laughs> right so what does this got to do with fucking music actually nothing it's got to do with you as a human being yeah. so if you can have a fantastic relationship with yourself and not play any instrument and do nothing 
and have a fantastic relationship with someone else and your partner, then, then and only then can you are you ready to have a real relationship with doing something serious. Think about it. Some motherfucker killed a tree so a jerk-off can stand there playing that tree that sacrificed itself for that instrument and you're like, you're doing your thing and like, okay, man, so what's going to happen? Did you save some kids somewhere in another town? Were you able to build a school? Did you do something to help your next door neighbor? Or was this really just about personal masturbation? So <laughs> this is the kind of thing that we have to ask ourselves today more than ever, because we wouldn't have been able to have it that clear. Priorities, going back to the real priorities of love and respect, because love and respect is another set of fucking chords and notes that it should be in its own book, right? Play me the chord of respect, play me the chord of love. Add some fucking passion overtones, play that shit, fuck the notes for a minute. Then you'll find your purpose. Momo, what do you see happen for yourself in 2021, you know, or say the end of the year? What, what, you know, do you have some projects that you really, you really want to focus on? Something you really want to do? Something you really want to show the public and go, wow, this is me, you know? Well, I'm actually going to, there's a few things. I'm finally going to put on my own solo shit. That's one definite thing that is going to happen. Number two, I will put out another kind of project where I'm collaborating with some of my favorite bass players, period. Uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of great shit with Brandino. Like, Brandino has become one of my very dear friends. And, and we've been working on some stuff. We've been fucking around on the net with this Brandino Momo show shit. And, <laughs> and you know, sometimes we got to control. It's fucking out of control stuff. But we you finally come. Yeah. You see that right? <laughs> so we're finally coming coming to this kind of like direction that I think is finally gonna, that, that's gonna be repeatable. You see what I mean? But I speak to him every day for like, maybe sometimes five times a day. I could just be sitting there, he works, I work, we talk. It's a, an amazing relationship. And because of this, you know, uh, he's inspired me in a, in a lot of places. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be doing some really incredible stuff at Bass Musician Magazines. The kind of interviews and the kind of questions and the kind of collaborations and really interesting things that nobody have ever done before. I can't tell you what's really happening, but I will tell you this, that in September, uh, I'm putting Rhonda Smith on the cover. Mm -hmm. and Rhonda Smith is a dear friend of mine from very long, we're both from Montreal. And uh, I've known her since she's like 15 years old. I mean, I used to be her agent for crying out loud. And, and, you know, so we not only had a fantastic interview, but it's how the cover is going to look. <laughs> Fucking people are going to shit. That's all I'm going to say. Rhonda's great, man. She's Rhonda's great. great. Uh, so, and then uh, the, the, I'm doing something very original again for the first cover thing, which I will involve you guys in. And, um, and, and, and then the most important thing is to do something with my wife on couples. How to... Uh, have the greatest, longest, most amazing life with your couple. Because we still look at each other like 18 year olds uh, and it's fucking crazy. We wake up every morning laughing our asses off. As a matter of fact, I was just telling you this morning, I don't know how many people 
fucking still hold hands when they sleep together like you and me. But we do. And it's very, we are very, very special couple. And we want to basically show people how easy it actually is. She has her life down in her office down there. I have my life in my office down here. And we're together all the time. And we have our rituals and our walks and our, watch our movies. And we create and we brainstorm magic stuff. And now we're going to do it. And, 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 and that, I feel, is going to be my next evolution. You know? And I'm going to be doing a lot of voice stuff with uh, motivational stuff. Hmm. That's you know? great. That's great. I love talking uh, on a good mic and getting that big beefy fucking radio voice where you can say a message to somebody and fucking tingle them and open up some, open up some doors, you know, like, man, that feels really good because we don't have kids, you know, so I kind of look at if I can say, you know, I still have about 20 kids that call me, write me, and show me everything from when they were 14 years old until right now in their late 20s and 30s for when I was a YouTube motivator. That's cool. You have no idea what that feels like to see the kid writing me and show me a picture. Is my haircut okay? Do I look okay for graduation? The teacher fucking, fucking treated me like a piece of shit. What am I supposed to do? Some of them wanted to you know, commit suicide. Some of them like lost their virginity like at a very young age. And they, they, you know, one of the, I will always remember this, like the guy writes me and he tells me that, oh my God, I have a rash. They're 14, right? And, I, and I'm trying to say to myself, I got to keep this really cool because it's not like I'm a doctor and shit. And you know, it's got to be like pocket shit. So this kept private, but I had to tell the kid, I said, look, you guys are young. I assure you, you have some kind of friction infection. You you went, you rabbited out a little too fast over there. And that's all that's happening. That's why you're red and swollen. You need to fucking, oh, uh, do I have VD? Do I get a, do I get a, what? I said, man, this is, you can't, this is not going to happen the next day like this. And you're a kid. You need to relax, you know? So what an honor to, to do that, you know? So, uh, I feel I gotta follow it, and it's very musical in my own way. There's an arrangement to it. There's an amount of compression. It makes you feel good, you know. It makes you feel good. Man. Some serious DSing, man. This is like some fucking. Who else are these? You know any good role models? We're the last of the coolness here, us guys. When we fucking go, it's fucking over. These poor kids are gonna be stuck. Like if you're born today as a kid, you think about it for one second. I wish them the best, but there's a, it's a new human. They're born with a phone. They're born with the mask in their face, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have a new breed here, right? I've got faith, man, in some of the younger kids, actually, though. Yes, you're right about that. There are some great new kids out there. There's some great new kids, but there's also a bunch of people that are going to be very afraid because of just... Look, man, some people, some people love working, other people don't. This is also going to take society and it's going to show, it's, it's going to do a new measuring zone in society for who really wants to do shit. This is where you're going to see who's who now. I'm fucking telling you, the men and the mice are about to get separated. I wish that everybody I agree with, and, and, and that there's a negative and positive connotation to that too. Yeah. You know, who, nobody wants to suffer, man. Like the most important thing is... A roof 
food and medical health. When this stuff happens and that stuff gets concerned, it's not about the PlayStation or the big screen TV or the new couch anymore. It's about those three elements. That's what basic humanity needs. But if you take those elements and you let's let's go to another country here that is not so lucky with no hot running water and the army and shit running around. Like I have a friend of mine who, you, you know, Chris Vandervelt from like uh, South Africa. He's a ding I know Chris. Chris is a beautiful guy. He's a tsunami artist, yeah. I, I dude, you artist. should see the shit that he's telling me is going on down there, dude. It's like some third world shit, but I'm not fucking shitting you. They shut off the power like four or five hours a day. They cut all the cigarettes and alcohol on people, right? The government takes money that they get for relief and the yahoos over there go and buy Lamborghinis, 10 Lamborghinis with it, and like drive around the country to show the people what they did and basically saying this. I, I said, come on, man, are you fucking kidding me? So, no, man, that's over here. Okay, we have a problem? You guys are in the States, okay? The States, uh, I think you're, you're in California, right? Still in California, yeah. Okay, California, Steve, Steve I can't hear you. Can't hear me, hello? Oh, hello. No, I can hear you. The gate's kicking in. Um, California and the States, hardcore, right? Because of all the political thing that's going on, they're waiting for the president. Canada, it's pretty easy here compared to there. They we're, we're a little more chillaxed, yeah. you know? But out in, in Africa or some of these other countries, dude, we drop these kids or these people in there, they're not going to know what to do. They're going to think they're a fucking horror movie they're watching on Netflix. You understand? Mm -hmm. We're lucky. Yeah. We are very lucky, despite the fact if you have a fucking cell phone and a roof over your head, you are able to do something now. Yeah. And you have to do it. And it's not gonna feel comfortable. Remember when you didn't have a job when you were younger and you had to go look for it, how afraid you were, and you finally got it, and it was like, then you look back and you realize that, well, I'm a man now, I've been through this shit. That's it, man. Fear brings fear. Positivity brings positivity. And action, okay, fucking brings results. You know, don't subscribe to the fear. And most important, don't watch that fucking news. Fuck the news. Zero. Fuck the newspapers. Fuck negative shit. You go on Facebook, yeah. you look, you write to your friends. Do it for communication or only look at positive shit. You look at that other shit, the algorithm is going to keep feeding you the fucking bad shit. Click on one bad thing, algorithm city. There you go. You like fucking looking at some destruction there, Tony? Let me give you some more. I don't fucking feed it to any of that, man. Good. I mean, I barely briefed, got into something political, because I'm really not. I'm like you. I'm not political. I'm not a conspiracy cat. I got into one little thing and lost a buddy over. Oh! And I said, no more. Zero. Never do it again. I can't never. And I never people. really did it anyways. I just kind of one time, like, I, one time I felt, I, I admit, I, I took the hook, right? And then, yeah, never again, man. I ain't swallowing that pill. Uh-uh. Because feeling good feels better than feeling like shit. So why feel like shit when feeling good feels better? See how simple that is? 
What an amazing concept. And it's all about time. You have time. You feel like shit now? Give yourself a goal. In the next 20 minutes, feel good. <laughs> Not fucking next week. 20 minutes. <clears throat> change your mind. Change your state of feeling. Stay, go outside. Do fucking something. It, look, there's nothing we can do. You know why? Because it's happening to everybody at the same time in the whole world. Mm-hmm. This is there, there's another agenda here, and we're not going to get into that because there's nothing we can do to change it anyways, right? So why waste the fuel on, on, on and that? And you bring it to your wife and your kids and your family, and you talk about it at the dinner table. You see, it's like shut the fuck up, man. Let's talk about what we're going to do to fucking be cool. You know, I've said this before online. I said, I want to see your kids. I want to see your vacations. I want to see your fetish wear. I want to see what, you know, what you ate last night, you know? Um, but uh, I don't give a shit with what you're believing in. That's, that's, yeah. your, that's your thing. And it's not my business. So more po- if you, that's more power to you, whatever you believe, that's cool. You yeah. vote the way you want to vote. Okay, that's cool. I'll be over here drinking coffee and eating flan and waving. <laughs> oh, I like flan. You like flan. You like flan? Oh, oh man. Have you talked to Tony about this? Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't. You don't understand. I'm a fucking flan. My grandmother used to make the best Moroccan flan you have ever fucking had in your life. Oh. oh. I was going to In a cake mold. We're talking she used to use a giant cake mold, so it was fucking huge. It was a bunt flan. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch we, fun. Hey, uh, Momo, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Canada, or where were you? I grew up. I grew up in. I grew up here. My okay. parents. My parents are from Europe, and okay. uh, yeah. So I'm a Montreal. Yeah. I didn't speak a word of English till Montreal. I was six years old. Tu parles québécois? Oui, mais mais non, mais je parle. Je peux parler comme ça, mais aussi je parle comme ça. Okay, d'accord. C'est bien. My parents had the French from France accent. Oh, okay. And, but I'm one of the few guys who can switch to Mapalid Mai Musi really well, where they actually think it. Like, what's funny is when I got a French guy from France sitting yeah. here and a Quebecois sitting here, and I'm yeah, trying to. Quebecois. Francophone Quebecois. Which one? So you can switch. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, and I switch yeah. in the accent. It's funny. <laughs> That's cool, man. Nice. And you, you speak, you speak, you, you speak Italian? Who me? Yeah. No, I speak Spanish. I uh, my my family's from El Salvador, so I speak Spanish fluently. But then I studied oh. French and I went to France. Hola, papi, ven aquí. Qué pasó? Hola, tú sabes, güey. But you have español también. Habla español, sí. Sí, because my parents are my parents are Spanish. Wow, they're on they're, they're Spanish from Morocco. Oh, they're Morocco. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, they're Moroccan Spanish uh, guys. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's cool. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. So who yeah. goes to to Montreal? Who migrates to Montreal? Hell yeah, man! I want to yeah. go. <laughs> I, I hope you. I hope I can get. Oh, what do we have here? I'm a cat lover. Let show. Oh yeah. Cat. Put the cat in the camera. I can't see him. Yeah. Have <laughs> face in there. Hello. Right. Hello, baby. <laughs> a Russian blue, right? I think she's got a bunch of it in, yeah. Yeah, she's a lot. Momo's soft side in the kitties. Yeah. <laughs> Why do people always sound like little kitties when they see an animal? They raise their voice like I just did on the air. Like I sound like a. I do the same thing with small kids and babies. Yeah, animals it's are true. 
it, it gets into that, that like, oh, that just like, that love thing. We're like, oh, so cute. Animals are rad. Do you have pets, Momo? You know what? I had a cat for 20 years. My best friend, and she is four years now that she's gone, and we're just starting to think to get a new one. But it, it killed me, man. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. My cat went, my cat virtually looked at Creela and I, and virtually two tears came down her eyes, oh. and she cried and blew my fucking mind, man. Yeah. Sorry. You know, so they become like our kids, you know, that way yeah. that works. They're family members. They're family, dude. Big time. Yeah. Um, Hey, what do you guys think? Are you any of you guys? I know Tony uses dark glass. I'm a fucking dark glass pig. Do you like that shit? I do. It's good stuff, man. I I I liked. Uh, I had the 600, the microtubes, for a minute, and it was fantastic. It was great. Yeah, these guys are way more pedal board. Yeah, I'm. I I. But I do the like the only it. overdrive I'll use, man. I've got I've got the uh, Omega, the uh, the 10, the B3K. I've been using forever, but you know, <coughs> I'm weird with it, man. My settings are low. I only use them. I don't go crail crazy. I, you know, one of the reasons why I love dark glass was because of how subtle you can dial it in. So if you just, for lack of a better term, your own version of Getty, which is what I use it for, you know, mm -hmm. like a little bit of that. Some light breakup, you know what I mean? Like light. That's how I use yeah. it. That's how I use it. You know, and I like it. I like it a lot. You guys got me fucking tweaking out. You know, I have a lot of great gear, outboard gear and shit, but I do not have one of those ready things. And I keep saying to myself, damn, I need to fucking that motherfucking red box in my fucking studio. Red box, my friend. You need the red box. Okay, so what? This thing plugged in direct and you're good with that shit? Yeah, my signal chain, I go into my ready, into my 21176, but I bypass. So oh, yeah, I have that too. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, good. Yeah, so I'm just hitting the circuit and then and then into my UA and that's it. And that's I've been. All doing right, I'm about to get real now. geeky for a second. Hold on, hold on. Oh, now we're getting geeky. We've oh, we got almost the same setup, man. I got I got the same UA as you and shit. I love it, man. Oh, you got fuck. Once you go Universal Audio, you got to be a fucking buffoon Dude, not to fuck. The Unison is fucking off the hook. The Unison thing is like it, <laughs> amazing. It's amazing, dude. Yeah. Oh, 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 let me see this. So I have a couple of versions of the same board by Temple Audio. <laughs> That's nice. Right. And you got the Neve. He's got the Neve DI, which is fantastic. The Neve is more for oh. I, but I'll use it. I'll use it to record too. How does that thing sound, that Neve DI? Do you like it? I like it a lot, actually. I like it a lot. But I tend to, I was starting to use them for live. I struck a deal with those guys before COVID, like right before COVID. Um, yeah. and I have one, they're on my live boards and I know I'm going to get a strong signal where the highs are kind of just sweet. There's like a harmonic, I don't want to say distortion, but there's a thickness to the lower mids. Mm -hmm. I don't use any EQ on my board anymore live. I just have a strong, I trust my bases. Yeah. I trust exactly and what they are. Your fingers. And here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look. I got like the best fucking fucking gear on earth like you guys, okay? But I found something in a fucking pawn shop, okay? I'm going to show it to you right now. And you're going to tell me if you've ever seen this, you know what it is. It's very small, okay? And I said, oh, this is, he let me have it for like 40 bucks, right? 
And then I plug this shit into my fucking base, right? And I say, you got to be fucking kidding me. Okay, so let's look at this for a minute. Oh, okay, so it looks like this baby little head, right? Oh, the noble stuff, yeah. Dude, yes. exactly, right? Ooh. No, Dude, no. I, have you ever heard this thing? I haven't heard that, but I did a whole, I, I did a whole thing with Nobles pedals. They're guitar pedals, and they're really good. Dude, what this I, I've never seen anything like this. It's very old. Yeah. So, so it's called the uh, here. It's called the, the pre-master. Pre-master. I shit you. I, I fucking shit you not. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> it's like it's like this thing. Fucking sounds so good. Right, that like you can't you, you can't even fucking imagine. It sounds like I'm going through like a fucking ten thousand dollars. Do you just use it for a preamp? Wow. Just for a preamp before you go in? Yeah, here's my trick is like I love boosters, okay? okay. Like one knob boosters or yeah. clear boost, like so like for instance, um you know, like the exotic uh bass booster. Yeah, yeah. I love that thing, but like for instance, I'm gonna show you a secret fucking weapon right here. You're not gonna believe this, but and they're both red. If I take this thing, uh -huh. right, and I fucking pump it into this thing, right? Whoa. It's fucking game over. <laughs> it's fucking game over for any passive bass or even an active bass. This thing, right, sounds fucking insane on a bass. I don't know because I don't think people, bass players, right? necessarily believe in boosters you know what i mean yeah yeah mm -hmm. but when you got a core clean sound that you like mm -hmm. and then you take a fucking booster like this and you just find the right level yeah. i'm telling you everything just goes yeah like wow. it doesn't add distortion it just adds wideness and fatness yeah. clean and yeah. so this one can go to like 24 volts okay so the flat what that does is it boosts all signals uh, evenly. So you get more low end, more high end, okay. right? In, and then over here, when you put it on normal, just kind of seems to drop a bit of bottom a little bit, makes it clear. It's still very usable. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's a treble booster here, Whoa. which is great. So when I'm recording, mm -hmm. depending on what I'm doing, if I want to play a kind of lead line on a bass, I will put it on normal or on the treble. And because this thing's got quite a bit of bass on it. Sure. So it just kind of almost like if I switch a pickup and fucking gives me amazing sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, but you go back to the ready, you can yeah. see the signal difference, man. Like not you could take you could just put it put it into Pro Tools or Luna or wherever well, you know, whatever dog you're using, put yeah. it on and then you can actually like wow, look at that wave. It's like just so thick. Yeah. I'm all about thickness and lower mids. Thickness and lower mids, man. That's, that's where it's at. Fuck, oh, dude. But I'm telling you, this noble thing, mm -hmm. wow. like, I lucked out on this shit. Like, it's one of the... It, I have a lot of pedals. I got about 350 pedals in the house. Nice. So you got to say, what's your favorite? Is there really something that you yeah. won't get? It doesn't matter how expensive. That's one of them. Wow. That there's no fucking with this thing, like... Well, Nobles, they make great stuff. They really do. They're, I, they're for guitar players, they're, um, I forget what it is. There's an overdrive pedal that's really famous. That oh, I'm yeah. Like, Country guys use that shit right? a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a booster that they make, too. I mean, it's good stuff, but I've never seen that one. That's pretty rad. That's a good find.
it's a rare one. And, uh, and the other thing that I've been using lately, because, you know, I, I love reverbs, oh, weird yeah. reverbs and, uh, and delays, you know, but a subtle one that I've tried out, which I'm not usually a big fan of Keeley stuff, but mm -hmm. at fucking 30 millisecond fucking double tracker, have you tried that thing? It's got yeah. like the Abbey Rhodes fucking reverb in it, and then there's like the the Dimension chorus, you know, from the old the old boss. Oh, did you yeah, know? It's so, yeah. If so you hear reverbs, man. Here, this thing here. Hang on, let me pull it on my board. Yeah, I gotta talk. I gotta talk to you about a company afterwards, Momo. You see this thing here? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, dude. This thing is fucking amazing on bass. Especially for the style that you guys fucking play. You would fucking shit on this, John, on your fucking on your six string shit and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, man, it, and the reverb from Abbey Road in this thing is amazing. Like, what I love doing is cranking the reverb really loud, right? And bringing the level of it really low. Oh, yeah. And so it just creates, you know, it's in there, but it's coming from far and it's just yeah. fucking. And if you shut it off, man, like you say, oh my God, my, I just lost my bass sound. You know, so very exciting. This pedal got killed. You could even see it smashed. It had a road case fall on it. Oh, oh, what, what is, is that? Is this Earthquaker, mother? Earthquaker devices. Yeah. That's an old one, too. Coolest. This is an older one. This was one that they put out specifically for some psychedelic festival. That was very specific. So it was very early seventies like. Um, I gotta get. I'll see if these guys can actually fix this for me. I'm sure they could. Yeah. Um, this thing's killer. <laughs> this thing's totally killer. The Earthquaker devices have like the coolest. Um, yeah. the, you know who turned me onto that was Juan. So. Mm -hmm. The one already. He worked with those guys a lot and said, "You need to check this out." And I'm like, "Good stuff, man." All right. You know. The other company that I've been doing a lot of work with lately, which I really believe in, is Morley. Oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah. I've got to fucking tell you this shit. By the end of the year, you guys are going to be some, seeing shit with Morley that nobody's going to believe. In the middle of COVID, I was able to uh, interview and get like six new bass players from around the world. And there's a bunch of things like happening that are, are like phenomenal. But I got to tell you, like a wah on a bass especially a switchless one wow. and especially ones that you can just quank to the beat hmm. and just go really really slow and keep cycling and you're getting like this fucking get this fucking real dj shit fucking going down i gotta tell you i fucking love it company's been around for 50 years rock solid shit dude and the new the new motherfucking format Built like a fucking tank. I like it. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know why you guys would love this one? Because it's called the wall lock. So what's happening is on this side, you got the lock, right? So then you could set the fucking frequency right here. So if you step on this, it's like you got a cock boss now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you want to go into a solo, you just go quack, right? So then this wall mode over here, when you're going down, Instead of like getting a higher watt frequency, you're getting a dropping lower frequency. Perfect for bass, yeah. right? So my favorite thing is obviously to put this after all overdrives. 
There seems to be guitar players or people that get this fantasy that they believe a fucking wall should be going in the front. <laughs> I'm going to beg to differ yeah. for one I was going to ask, you, where one, do you put it in the chain, man? Where, where do you put think, it? Think, if you don't have it after distortions, you are robbing yourself mm. of the bending the fuzz or bending the different the, the sound. You can't get that big without it going after. Not going to happen. And a switchless is the way to go because if you think you're going to go clank on and then fucking start doing that shit and then clank off, not a fucking word. You know? So these are just fantastic pieces of gear. And I'm telling you, you can't believe the quality. The quality is so good that they give you a life warranty on this shit. Yeah. You can fucking sell it to 10 people and that 10th person will still have a life warranty. That's and Wow. You could run it over with a truck and it's still going to work. And if it breaks, they'll give you a new one. <laughs> so, you know, I'm at, at while we're here <laughs> and talking about gear, they also make the best motherfucking switchers you've ever seen. So these, this is their pro line switchers. Right? So let's say you wanted to this one's really cool too oh yeah mm -hmm. so what you could do with this one that's amazing is you can plug your bass into this sucker have two outputs going out to your mixing board right let's say you wanted to take output a and run that through a bunch of effects and output two this is just a kind of light crunch on your dark glass or going into your ready or whatever mm -hmm. you can turn them on and off or put them on together Mm-hmm. Bingo! It's like straight into your motherfucking dog. It's got like a fancy ass transformer in there. Cool. You can deal with uh, 108, up to 180 degree or normal on uh, the flip of the whatever that thing is. It's the... Uh, is that a passive box? Does it take... Does it need power? It works passively. The power is generally for the lights, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I got to tell you, dude, I tried this the other day. This is possibly one of my favorite fuzzes fucking ever. It's fucking sick. So this is the uh, Chris Burton fuzz in a box without the pedal. Nice. I like how you got the tone all the way up. <laughs> here's the thing about this thing. This, for some reason, this fuzz... You can fucking crank it and it's not making fucking noise. Like, same on the wall fuzz. It's fucked up. You crank it. You know when you go to the, to the intensity, right? Sometimes with a lot of pedals, what happens? Right until just at the very, very end, you got the, the smacker that happens. Everything's fine, fine, fine. And then you go click to the very end. And then you, you go into major oscillation super fuzz. It takes it, dude. Wow. It's fucked up. I love it. That's good stuff, man. That's good to see that Morley's doing, and that's a like a kind of a redesign, right? Kind of an up in their game redesign kind of thing. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And and I'm working with them on on marketing and all kinds of stuff, and and it's uh, it's going really well. They're a very nice bunch. That's awesome. Uh, they've been around for a very long time, uh, yeah. and, and and you know the presidents of the company are, are just are just cool people. Cool. And. Uh, 
So, hey, this, there was a few questions we want to ask you before we wrap everything up and get into socials, right? So there's yeah. something that we're starting new. We're starting with you now, Momo. You are the I, first Tony, one. First one. The three questions. Tony, you want to ask the first one? Um, the first one. Let's see. Do I remember this? Do we you remember? remember? I know. I just, I was on a walk and I came up with this stuff. So, okay. So we'll do. So the first one is Momo, living or dead, an artist that you would have, that you'd love to perform with. Let's say just one person that you just would just love to just freaking jam with or perform with. Living or dead in his I would, have to, say, I would have to say I would have to say Chris Squire. Ah, okay. Oh, I like it. Because if you're saying living or dead, I mean there's a lot of great people and stuff, but I would yeah, say that it can Chris be, it can be a band, it can be anybody. Just wanted to jam with, just share a Chris Squire changed my life when I when when I think. By the time I was fifteen, I had two Rickenbackers already, nice. and uh, I, I was just and and two SVTs. I was a fucking psychopath already. <laughs> and the the meal question. Yeah, oh. living or dead, who would you have loved to sit down and have a meal with? Honestly, my favorite person to have a meal with at all times would be my wife. I love it. Fuck. Being in the same room with her and even knowing that she's in that other room, I, like right now, I just think of her and my fucking skin is just wow. fucking crawling with like joy, love, and happiness. It's, it's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? And, um, and you know, not too many men are going to be talking about shit like this out in the open. I do not understand why. And I, frankly, I don't care. But yeah. when you do get that part of it and you don't feel like you've been owned or as they like to call it, pussy whipped or whatever it is that people use in their language where they choose to treat a woman as like something different than, than a man or themselves, uh, then I don't get that shit. I'm an original yeah. feminist, actually. You know, when my father died when I was 15, I was, I was left in the house with three girls, you understand? My two sisters and my mother, and I was the man. So uh, I, I see the power of women, and I've always believed in them. So, yeah, I would have to say my wife. Bravo. I, I love it. And you are blessed. That's awesome, man. That is rad. Uh, and then the third question. What was the third question? I forget. I was, like, looking for Steve, it. Steve, Steve, Steve. I know. Yeah. It was the, the jam with. Uh, have a meal with and I'm trying to find our text thread because what was the third one? Oh well, I don't remember. This was our first jab at it. Oh, come on, tell me, Jonathan, you don't remember you don't remember the question, John? I don't, because there is so many other side conversations going on. We don't usually just have one straight path that we follow. Yeah, we don't have, like it's literally Okay, let's think of one. It would take up hundreds of pages. No, long. but it would be, where's, uh, hold on a second. We're, we're going to find this. I'm trying to find our, our team. We're very professional, everyone. Very, very professional. We take ourselves very serious. No, we need some leeway. No, you got to give yourself some leeway. That's the thing. We, we can be professional anytime we want. That's the thing. On a flip of a switch, any one of us can say, oh, we're in professional mode. We're kind of loose uh, about this whole thing on purpose. Well, they have three. The, yeah, and the three questions was just to kind of get to know the person. So, yeah, I just was thinking, like, who would you jam with, have a meal with? 
And yeah, I can't remember the the, the last one for some reason. And who would I want? How about this? Who would I want to be interviewed by tonight? You guys. Yeah. The Big Bottom Podcast. Yeah, there we are. We love that. We love it. Yeah. Momo, where can we everyone find you? Yeah, give us socials. I will put it down there. We'll have oh, a, thank you. Yeah. That, well, the, 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 well, the best place what you can do is you can go to my Facebook. Uh, my name, people call me Momo, but my Facebook where my music on it is, all, is called uh, Michel Laredo. Michel Laredo. Uh, okay. Laredo, exactly. L-A-R-E-D-O. Or the Momo Zone. Okay. Uh, so you can go to my, my website, which I'm about to totally redo, but it still looks pretty cool right now, which is called themomozone.com. Cool. And uh, there you can see a bunch of my demos, my interviews, my philosophies, and a bunch of uh, Momo's motivation for musicians. I answer a lot of questions, too. Like, uh, I got a shitload You have, man. You've done, I've heard a lot, I've seen a lot of those videos. A lot of them. I I try and give, you know, usable, valuable advice. Because I'm all about just getting shit done, you know. But, you know, in closing, again... I really want to thank you guys for man. letting me shoot my bill here, my 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 fucking blabber here on your, on your it, show. I, I hope I I didn't take up. Too I loved much it. I'm just pissed off. I didn't fucking hang with you at Nam. It doesn't matter. We're gonna we're gonna find a way to hang up, even if it's oh, yeah. virtual. Oh, you know it's gonna... and now that we know that Momo likes flan too, it's on. Oh, but hey, there there's FedEx, dude. We could do some flan transferring. Uh, like I'm telling you. I'm I'm gonna get the recipe from my mother. Oh man. No, no, you're gonna freak out because this is an old recipe. This recipe goes back like a hundred years, dude. Yeah, I, like she, my grandmother made it in like one of those big cake molds, right? So it was this high, right, when it came out. The layer of caramel that was on the top, and the whole thing is sealed, right? And then the um, that caramel juice, right, that you keep like pouring back on it she used to have I'm a word on your body dude she used to have a whole side dish of just the liquid of just the shit that we'd be able to pour more on right I, and i like it tight right i like a tight flaw you know like i've seen firm. some plan that is like fucking falls apart and it fucking goes in all directions and it squirts in your mouth like like fucking something's happening but i like it when it's tight and organized my grandmother made a tight flaw. I love it. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, we dude. are big flan fans here. Right. Um, so, you know. Oh, fuck, man. I'm so doing this, dude. I'm so fucking going to send you guys some shit FedEx. I'm telling it. you. I love it, man. On WeTransfer. WeTransfer flan. That's be it. Right? <laughs> That's it. All right, man. Well, dude. Mel, Momo, you have been awesome. We love you. Thank, Thank you. you. We, we, we too, all bro. really appreciate it, man. And yeah, absolutely. So this is the Big Bottom Podcast. At this time, we stop recording, but recording, I can't talk, recording, but we still talk shit. So hold on, and we're going to say bye to the audience. Goodbye, audience. <laughs>